Here I am, Joe Rico and Alex Ramirez back at the final word. And, you know, every time they play that fight song, I get reminded of the uh, event we went out to a couple years ago with all the boosters at Blake Street Tavern when everybody was singing that shoulder to shoulder. And, you know, we've had some great moments in the Buff program over the 10 years you and I have covered games together. But, you know, the consistent in all of that has been Mark Johnson. I mean, there have been other coaches. There's been other stuff that's happened, good times and bad. But solid as a rock, you would agree, is Mark Johnson. No question, Jimmy. Always there in the community, helping other people in the Buff community and also throughout the Denver metro area. A stand-up guy, win or lose, and we're proud to bring him onto the program at this time. And, Mark, thanks for making time for us on an otherwise tough morning. Uh, Alex and I were both up there yesterday. You know, we got to see uh, a not so inspiring performance by the Buffs, but these things happen in college football, and there's a lot of positives that come out of college football, win or lose, but I, I, at one and two, I don't want to call the season over by any means. There's a lot of football to be played, but I, I think there are definitely some questions on the offensive side of the ball. I think the defense would have a right at this point to kind of start being like, boy, we're out here quite a bit. Um, it was tough for them to get anything going against a good Minnesota team. Good morning to you. And, and what would you think that Monday morning looks like for these group of Buffaloes as we kind of move forward into where the Pac-12 season starts? And in my mind, where the real season starts. And and thanks for making time for us on this morning. You bet. Good morning. I was thinking uh, this morning about jumping on with you fellows, and I thought maybe we should reschedule this. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> talk about something more positive. I mean, but uh, now you, you, you touched on a couple of things there, and, and obviously there there is a lot of uh, shall we say self analysis going on within the team right now, and and that was that was unexpected yesterday, guys. I mean, you know what we saw a week ago in a power field a mile high, a ten to seven loss to a top five team, and uh, I. I Listen, we, we even knew then there were some offensive issues on the squad that they were trying to work through, but I didn't expect that. I knew Minnesota was solid uh, in every respect. I mean, there's not a weakness on that football team. I didn't think they were, I, don't, I still don't think they're a great team. I think they're a very good team. And so I am certainly surprised by what went down yesterday and, and how the offense just found nothing going out there on a consistent basis for 60 minutes. And so, you know, yeah, they're, they're looking at a few things. And, you know, we saw Drew Carter come in late in that ball game. And he's been a guy that, you know, when camp started, you looked at him and you thought, boy, there's a little something there. But we're not going to have to worry about that for a couple of years because you've got J.T. Shroud and, and Brendan Lewis. J.T. goes down with his injury, which then puts Drew Carter, you know, a snap away from being a starter. But he's got a little something there. And, and that young man, I'm, I'm pretty certain, is going to start seeing some more playing time. But, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of searching going on right now trying to figure out what the issues are because that defense – is too good to waste this season. It, I mean, it's very good defense. And I know I had a guy drop me a line last night after the game. And, you know, they gave up 30 points and 441 yards to Minnesota and blah, 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 blah. And I wrote back and said, well, wait a minute. Don't base that defense on the numbers yesterday. That defense played hard and long for nearly 41 minutes. They were on the field in a hot, hot day at the you know, Folsom Field. And so that defense, in my mind, is still very, very good. That offense has got some work to do, though. You know, I'm going to echo uh, – good morning to you, Mark Johnson. I'm going to echo what Joey just said. It's, it's, it's an honor that, to have the voice of the Buffs, uh, Mark Johnson, on, on our program. This has been something in the works for a while. Joe and I have been doing this for about 10 years. Uh, and, you know, we see you at all these different events. We see sure. you at, at the games. We see you at golf tournaments. We see you all over the place. And, and, and you're, not only are you a great – just a great – broadcaster but you're a great man you're a cowboy man you're a real like when i when i say cowboy you are yeah. a real cowboy me bell hey you, you have horses you have a you have your own little uh ranch up in evergreen i mean i i, I follow 
all of your stuff. And not only that, more importantly, other than all that stuff, you're a God fearing man, man. And and I appreciate you. And I, I love how you put your well, you. I put you put your you know your 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 faith on the line sometimes on on, on social media. So do I. For, to be well, honest, I think with you. we all do. Yeah. And and I think it's very respected. And I just want to say thank you and welcome to the final word. We appreciate you. You're right. Yesterday's game was a little bit difficult to watch. You know, thirty to nothing, six yards at halftime. Platty, uh, <laughs> he said, you know, uh, six yards at halftime. It was uh, four. They had four sacks uh, against Brandon Lewis. And I think sometimes, you know, Brandon Lewis was a, uh, I believe, a four star or five star recruit. But I think sometimes the moment might be a little too big for him, or the game's a little too fast for him. And that's no criticism. He's a freshman. I get it. But at yeah. the same time, you have to understand. Like, and, and, and people were people were chirping at me yesterday, Mark, that you know, Coach Darren Chevrini is not doing his job. I'm like, no, 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 it's not even about that. You have to have the horses sometimes to be able to call those plays and execute those, right, Mark? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing we see with Brendan right now, guys, is and, and, and listen, it, I, I've, I've used this this analogy many times when I try to explain it to fans. You know, I said, you know, the first time I sat down, put on a headset to call a ball game. It was coming at me a thousand miles an hour, and everything was extremely fast. And you get confused, and you're trying to figure out, you know, the down of the distance, and then describe the play, and get the sponsors in, and all those kind of things. Well, now 35 years later, you know, you sit down and put the headphones on, and everything is very slow, and you know what you're trying to get at, you know, you're trying to describe things. And it's the same thing. We we hear that term all the time, or that phrase all the time in football that the game slowed down for the quarterback. Well, when I watch Brendan Lewis, what I see is a very talented young man. He's got all the physical gifts in the world. He's a very smart young man. Uh, I've enjoyed you know, getting to know him and, and interviewing him. But I see a young man that's out there, and his instinct is saying one thing, and his eyes are telling him another right now. And he's trying to balance that in his head, and he's trying to see it and waiting for it to slow down out there because he wants to throw, but he's not sure. If I do, am I going to make a mistake? Am I going to throw an interception, or should I talk it and run? And all that indecision, it just kills you in sports. You guys know that. I don't care what sport you're playing. When you're indecisive like that, you're running back and take a handoff and you tap dance too much and don't head north and south, you get yourself in trouble. And so that's what I see. What was impressive, I thought about Drew Carter when he came in. He seemed to have a little relaxed. The ball came out very, very quickly yesterday. And so, you know, uh, that, that's not to say that Brendan Lewis cannot get there. I certainly believe he can. I think he's a very talented young guy. But right now, He's inside his own head, and, and uh, you know, they're going to have to try and work through that. And that's part of that, you know, the coaching process is helping that young man see it, coming up with plays and a game plan that you know, fits where he's at. And so there's a lot, there's many different tentacles that go into you know, what we saw yesterday. And, and uh, I, you know, that's obviously what that coaching staff is working on here this morning. Well, the other thing I want to talk about is the buff defense because I think 30 to nothing is a huge misnomer. That game at halftime could have been 30 to nothing and instead it was 13 to nothing because of the buffs defense. But Alex and I were both saying to each other in the press box and this isn't rocket science. I, I'm not saying this is in-depth analysis, but the longer these guys stay on the field, the, the more susceptible they're going to be to to plays happening against them. And I think this is a classic case so far of a very good buff defense kind of waiting for the offense to catch up and and let's hope they do because otherwise i think you know it's it's going to be tough for me and it's unfortunate because the nate landman's uh the carson wells uh that is a guy thomas number one the kid the kid that was all over the field yesterday number one he's uh can you help me with that guy uh is it guy thomas or guy thomas Thomas looks like i mean they have the guys there and and what a job by their defensive coordinator i mean if there's been a bright spot, uh, let's forget about the offense and let's talk a little bit about the defense because that's been the brightest spot of the year so far. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, I've known Chris Wilson for about 25 years. Um, way back in, in 1998, I got my first Division One job. I went to Illinois State, one double-A program, and he was there with a guy named Todd Berry. And I got to know Chris then, and so I've known him when I got here to Colorado in 04. He was one uh, on Gary Barnett's staff. And I've always uh, been very high on him as a coach. I think he's an outstanding defensive mind. I think I love the way he handles the guys. And he's put together a great scheme for those guys. And they're playing very, very hard. And, and, and you know, you're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. You can't expect that. I don't care if you're the 85 Bears, for goodness sakes. You're going to go out there and play on a day like that against a very good team for that amount of time. Eventually, you're going to start to give up plays. That had just happened. And it's, this game is geared to offense. We all know that. And you're not going to have a team shut everybody down every single game and not do it for 60 minutes. And so when you're out there playing on nearly 41 minutes defensively as they were, things are going to happen, and you're going to wear down eventually. And so it's a little unfair of asking those guys to play that much time, and that's why you've you got to complement each other, offense and defense. You know, think of the, the circumstance out there where uh, the Buffs force a three and out, they force Minnesota to punt the ball, and then there's a muff punt, and so the guys walk off the field exhausted, and, you know, 90 seconds later, they're walking back out of the field and having to do it again on a short field. That's, you can't simply ask a defense to do that. That's why, you know, both of you guys have mentioned, and I, I totally agree, that, you know, you can't point fingers to that defense yesterday. That defense played hard. Yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, so the last couple of weeks, Mark, we've had uh, David Platty on the program. We've had Jim Sacamano, and I've, had, I've asked him the same question. I'm going to ask you the same question now. NIL, name, imaging, and likeness. Mm. How do you, in your opinion, and I know you're a professor up there, I believe, at University of Colorado yep. as well, yep. um, which is, gosh, I wish I would. I went to Metro uh, and we so did Jim Sakamano. I wish you. I would have gone up there, man, sure. got my degree, because I got my communication degree from Metro, but I, I would have loved to. I feel like we be, got a separate degree we, we since do we've it, known it, the You're bus. right. You're right. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But, Mark, what, what are your thoughts on, on this NIL situation that's happening in college sports? Yes, we uh we had Jeremy Bloom, a player you know well, a friend of yep. yours, uh, when he was a skier, and then he was also you know playing football, and he was he was losing all this endorsement money. I get that part of it, but at the same time, now this this rule, and I get it, you know, you, you should be able to make money uh, when while you know people, you know, if, you're, if your jersey's being sold at the at the school store, you know, you should get some kind of compensation. I get that as well, but. What happens is now, like I see, like when the season started, Alabama has a backup quarterback that he doesn't even play. He has a half a million dollar deal, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and and I think it can, can, that can create some kind of, you know, breaks the cohesion in the locker room, I guess, a little bit, you want to say. And it can cause some, you know, some rivalry to say, you know what, you're not even playing, but yet I'm driving a Ferrari outside my car, uh, out on campus. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this overall process, and do you think it's going to get regulated somewhere, or there's got to be some separation, right, somewhere? Yeah, well, there, there has to be some regulation, because what you've got right now is kind of the wild, wild west. And, and the NCAA really dropped the ball on this. And go back, to, and Jeremy Bloom's a friend of mine, as you mentioned. He and I have got a very different view of this. Uh, we've been on opposite sides of it the whole time, and we've had some pretty you know, good back and forth about it. You know, they, the NCAA could have addressed this in 2004. When I got here, that's when the Jeremy Bloom thing was coming, in, you know, that was coming to a head. And at that time, the NCAA kicked the can down the road, basically told Jeremy, you're not going to make any money, you can't play football if you're going to do the skiing thing, and so he chose skiing smartly. And they really missed an opportunity. So here we are now, 17 years later, and they're going to pay the price on this thing. And, and where they dropped the ball a second time, and that's why, you know, it's real, it's real tough, tough to defend the NCAA by 99% of the time. So what they do, instead of saying, okay, it's here, the toothpaste is out of the tube, there's nothing we can do about it, it's going to happen, let's come up with, 
a set of bylaws and guidelines for everybody that they can follow, and everyone's on a level playing field, and everyone understands exactly how it's going to work, they kick the can back to the institutions. And now everyone's got, every state has their own institutions. There are, what is it, 32 or 35, something like that, states that have had a law. There are other states that don't have laws. So everyone's working on a different set of rules. Well, you can't live that way. There's no way the organization can be that way. That's why, you know, in the NFL, I always say in pro sports, you know, it's, it's capitalism, yes, but there has to be socialism. What I mean by that is Coke wants to put Pepsi out of business, right? That's good for Coke if they can do that. It's not good for the Denver Broncos to put the Las Vegas Raiders out of business. They need to play somebody. And so everybody has to be somewhat healthy, but I want to beat you on the field. And you've got to have a level playing field. And right now that's not what you have in college athletics, which is why this is such a you know crazy, wild, wild west kind of world they're living in right now. The other thing that you, you, you touch on there is you know, how do you have a backup quarterback you know, making half a million bucks when, when he's not even seeing the field, that starts to create an animosity. And, you know, I was on a show a while back, and I've had some pretty good, uh, you know, back and forth with different hosts around the country. And I said, you know, their response to me was, well, this, you know, the NFL, same thing happens. Ah, here's the difference, though. The NFL, everybody on that 53-man roster has a very healthy contract that makes a very nice living playing football. And then the sponsorship stuff they get, the endorsement stuff, that's their play around money. You know, when I was with KOA Radio in Denver, I used to negotiate the contracts with the Broncos we had uh, our deals with. And I'd walk in and hand one of them a $50,000 check, and they'd kind of chuckle and they'd go, hey, it's going to be a great weekend next month in Las Vegas, right? That was their play money. <laughs> yeah, and so that's where the difference lies here. And so this thing is all going in a very concerning direction. And should they be allowed to make money? Sure, I've got no big issue with that. But I think there are very uh, controlled ways you can do that and then maintain the integrity of the game and the league and everything that you're dealing with. And right now, we're not in that circumstances, which is why it's going to have to change here very soon. Well, I think maybe the Tony Soprano may be more just than the NCAA. Let's start there, okay? Because this this organization is not. I mean, it's hard to defend them and their track record, frankly, yeah. but. In the same respect, I'm going to agree with Alex and you. I mean, look, man, if the ba- how hard is the backup quarterback studying the game? If, like Alex said, he's pulling up in a Ferrari, he's exactly got some right. chicks in the car. You know, you think these girls on campus aren't with this kid if he's got a 500? I mean, come on, you're you're in the college environment yep. all the yep. time, and it's a pecking order, you know. And it's and it should be determined by your merit on the field and in the classroom. And this is what's getting lost in the NIL and in football and in sports in general in my mind is the classroom and you know I, I know that it may sound stupid but to, didn't I, I I mentioned earlier in the segment Alex and I feel like we got a second degree in the 10 years we've gone up to the University of Colorado because sure. we're so entrenched in the program we do talk to people like you and Dave and Jim Sakamano and Rick George and and uh, Phil Stefano and these guys you don't think that's raised the level of our performance as people and you know the, the, you are who you surround yourself with yep. I mean let's face it this is a nightmare scenario to me, and it, it makes all the kids who are going up there for medical and science and all this, I mean, it's a mockery of the whole system in my mind, and I think it needs to be regulated by somebody other than the NCAA, and I'm going to nominate Mark Johnson. You know, oh, I'll, sure. I'll say maybe yeah. Mark can come in and maybe you can help, but in all seriousness, I think it's a nightmare for the game, and I, I disagree with all of it. I think there should be a stipend, and maybe this should be increased, but it should be a level playing 
field throughout. Last one for us. You know, I, I know we've been all NCU and you are a CU guy, but hey, there is a big game today coming up here in about 45 minutes in Jacksonville. And I, you, you have enough, uh, what do they call it, acumen, where we're just going to put you on, on the spot. You know, the Broncos are a team with some question marks. You Obviously, you live in, in the Denver metro area. Where, what are your thoughts today in Jacksonville? This looks like kind of one of those trap games. You know, the Broncos were 5-11 and last year. Where do you see this game ending up today? Do you think the Broncos will go to 2-0 and when they face the Jaguars here in about 45 minutes? Yeah, I, I do think they'll go to 2-0, and and, and here's the reason, because they just like we are talking with the Bucs, they've got a very, very good defense, right? And uh, I, I haven't heard the lightest. I think Bradley Chubb's going to play today, and so uh, the number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence, uh, better watch out. you got Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb uh, ready to bear down <laughs> on him. Uh, that might be a tough day for a young man. And then, you know, the Urban Meyer thing, and, and Coach Barnett and I were talking about this on our pregame show yesterday about making that transition to the NFL. That's a very difficult transition for a number of reasons, which we don't have time to go into right now. And then, obviously, there's been some rumblings coming out of that franchise that maybe it's not going as smoothly. And so you wonder a little bit about that team right there. The Broncos are in a very nice position. Uh, I know there's mixed emotions and mixed feelings and thoughts about Teddy Bridgewater, but that dude's a solid pro. And, and although he might not be, you know, Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or somebody of that ilk, he's still a very solid quarterback that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And so, yeah, I, I'd be hard-pressed to believe the Broncos don't come back from Jacksonville 2-0 uh, you know, after this ballgame. You know what, last one for me, Mark. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, former CU football player, second-round pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars last year. Man, the guy's a beast. He he's yeah. he's one guy. And Patrick Satan Jr. will be uh, matched up against him. He's, he gets his first start. Uh, this kid is special, right? And this is a kind of player that has. Well, not only did he elevate the CU program, but now this is a guy that can elevate an NFL team and franchise moving forward, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and you know, when when I saw that Trevor Lawrence was picked there, and I thought, well, that's going to be good news for Lavisca because I do think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a great quarterback. But he's one of those guys, you know. So. Um, he's he's a freak of an athlete. He's a very good football player. He's a wonderful young man, and so I'll I'll be cheering for him today. But you know, rooting for the Broncos, but cheering for Lavisca to have you know 150 yards and you know nine receptions and a couple of touchdowns or something. As long as the Broncos come out on top, but yeah, he he's a transcendent talent. And uh, you know, the only question mark, and you have this about everybody that goes to the NFL, guys that are of that ilk, can they stay healthy? Yep. And, and, and will injuries get them? And I certainly you know, knock on wood, hope that doesn't happen because. I think LaVisca could be a great, great player for many years in the NFL. Well, that was Mark Johnson. Follow him on Twitter at MJ Buff Voice or Buffs Voice. That's MJ B U F F S Voice V O I C E. I follow you on Twitter all the time, man. And you know, you're just one of those guys that we admire. We we know how hard it is to cut, uh, you know, a play by play, you know, to do that job in general, and you make it look so easy. But I I just hope the continued success to you and your family, first of all, and you'll. God bless you and, and everything you do for not only the CU Buff community, but all the things you do for children as well. It doesn't go unnoticed by us, and you're too humble to mention it. But thank you so much for, for being Mark Johnson, not just the voice of the Buffs. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate being on with you, and I know we'll, we'll cross paths here very, very shortly. So well, you guys have a great weekend. I'm gonna echo, I'm going to echo what Joey just said, though, Mark. Seriously, um, it, it's every time I see you around, you, you have like this aura around you. But not only that, I, you know, there's a lot of people in the, in the media that you respect, and some guys are like, eh, that guy's, you know, washed up, or this guy is, like, not dialed in. Man, you're the real deal, man. You're the real deal, and I appreciate you. I, keep posting those, uh, you know, your, your, your faith, man. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's more inspiring me 
Then, then, then your, then your voice, the voice of the Colorado. I can't even do it, man. You I can't, can't even do it. Do it. I, I tell him I, I try, to I try doing it before the show. I'm like, I can't do it, Joey. Like, don't, don't but ever you know try. What? Please. Blessings to your family, <laughs> and and I, and I met your, I met your wife. I met your son. It's awesome, man. You continue doing what you do and representing the state of Colorado as a state employee up at the University of Colorado, man. Nothing but love for you, bro. Yep. I, I appreciate it, fellas. God bless you guys. God bless Mark Johnson, voice of the buffs. Such a big treat. Let's hope they turn it around. It's going to be a tough year, but stay behind them. We're entrenched in that program. Again, a big shout out, shout out to our man, Dave Platty, uh, our boy Curtis Schneider, Troy Andre, and of course, the impeccable Mark Johnson. And hey, we're going to stay Boulder related because another guy, and he's not a state employee, he's definitely a journalist. I tapped him on the shoulder in the press box yesterday. And, you know, I he said he had some opinions for us today. It's Brian Howell from the Boulder Daily Cameron. We'll get his opinion next, not only about CU, but on today's Broncos game when you return to the final word with Joe Rico and Alex Ramirez on 98.1 FM. My life sports.